What's up, Nets fans? I'm back. What is going on, Nets fans? It is your boy, your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome back to the Bridge to the Nets podcast. This is season one, episode one. And for those of you that don't remember or anything like that, I uh, I had actually started this podcast back in April towards the end of the season. And then just for a bunch of different reasons, you know, personal stuff and other work-related stuff, I kind of took a, a very long pause of being active on, you know, everything, the podcast, the social medias as well. And I do apologize for all that. So I'm kind of doing basically a restart of the podcast and a restart of season one, so to speak. So this is the first official episode of the Bridge to the Nets podcast covering the Brooklyn Nets here on the Basketball Podcast Network and this podcast episode and everything we do here at the Basketball Podcast Network are sponsored by our wonderful friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. When you sign up for DraftKings, ladies and gentlemen, make sure to use the promo code, our promo code when you sign up, TBPN, and tell them that your boy, Neil Filipiano, sent you. Make sure to also follow us on Instagram at Bridge to Nets and also on Twitter at Bridge to Nets. And again, to, to reintroduce myself to all you lovely people, my name is Neil Villapiano. I am a sports broadcaster, host, analyst, author, writer, and so much more. Uh, I also have a podcast on our sister network, the Hockey Podcast Network. That podcast is called the Devil State of Mind Podcast, which covers the New Jersey Devils on the network. So if you want to listen to more of my voice and kind of get, you know, basically a feel for you know, how I'm going to run these podcasts and things like that, make sure you head over to Devil's State of Mind. We have new episodes of that podcast that come out every Monday and Thursday. And to give you guys an understanding, new episodes of the Bridge to the Nets podcast will be live every Friday. So make sure you guys have your alarm set for that. But to give you another quick idea as to how this is going to work, Basically, what I'm going to do is come on and give you guys news, updates, game recaps, and just my opinions in general. We're also, as this podcast progresses, we are going to have guests on and we're going to have a lot of fun here. So I'm really hoping you guys uh, come along for the ride. It should be a lot of fun. And I'm excited to be on the Basketball Podcast Network talking about my favorite team, the Brooklyn Nets. And... Because I like, uh, you know, talking and obviously helping you guys get a feel for who I am. I'll give you a quick uh, backstory as to how I am a Brooklyn Nets fan. Because I think, you know, there's always the 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 thought that people might assume that I'm a front runner or things like that. But I will give you my full credentials of being a Nets fan. First and foremost, I am from central New Jersey. Uh, yes, it does exist for anybody who's uh, in this state or I understand what I'm referring to. Yes, New Central Jersey does exist. I've been a Nets fan for basically my entire 
life. I am 25 years of age, and I've been a Nets fan, especially when they were in New Jersey playing at the Continental Airlines Arena and then eventually IZOT Center. They also did play for a little bit at the Prudential Center. We don't talk about that time. Um, and I've been a Nets fan even after the fact that they moved from New Jersey across the Hudson River and into Brooklyn. So I've been a Nets fan my entire life. I grew up on the original Big Three when we had Jason Kidd, Vince Carter, Richard Jefferson. I've been through the good times and a lot more of the bad times. And even now, the very frustrating and difficult times that we are dealing with right now in Nets world. But I did just want to kind of give you guys a background on myself so that you guys understand where I'm coming from. I'm also a very passionate uh, fan. I'm also a passionate analyst as well. So you are going to get a full authentic person talking about the Brooklyn Nets. And I feel like based on the news that we've gotten over the last couple of days, that today seems like as good of a day as any to record and give my passionate opinions about the situation that we're in with both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And yeah, it's just going to be like this. So again, new episodes of the podcast every Friday. So I really hope again that you guys uh, support me and uh, support the podcast and support the Basketball Podcast Network as well. We greatly, greatly appreciate all of it and all the support we will be getting in the future. So with all of that out of the way, we have a bunch to get to here on this episode. We're going to obviously, I mean, the, the, the episode, the premise of it all is just going to be talking about the situations with both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving because they pretty much take up all of the news and everything like that. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about Ben Simmons as well because of uh, the situation or at least the report that came out um, a couple of days ago. And uh, we'll 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 get into that as well. And I'll give my two cents and whatnot, as they say, and uh, we'll go from there. So we have a bunch to get to here on the first episode of the Bridge to the Nets podcast. So let's not waste any more time and tip this one off. So we'll start with Kevin Durant because. Over the last couple of days, from this past weekend into this week, uh, he has once again taken over a lot of the news in the basketball world, and for under you know understandably so considering the situation. But basically, the main point of it all is that Kevin Durant has given the Nets, or more more specifically, uh, owner Joe Sy, an ultimatum despite the fact that he really has very little power in this situation. Kevin Durant met with owner Joe Tsai over the past weekend while they were both in London. Uh, and this was according to stadiums and the athletics, Sham Sharania. Uh, Durant reiterated his trade request, saying again that he wants to be traded and informed Joe Tsai that Tsai needs to decide to either trade Kevin Durant or fire both Steve Nash Sean Marks. That was basically the ultimatum that Kevin Durant gave. He said, either trade me or fire both the GM and head coach. And uh, Sharania went on to say that KD does not have faith in the Nets direction. And the meeting was described as transparent and professional with a clear message. Keep me or the GM and coach. And this is where all, you know, after that, when you hear that report, you look and you say, well, KD, you just played yourself again because here's the problem. Number one, 
from your perspective of still getting traded, what you have done is you have now made teams look at it and say, oh, now we're going to offer less because we think that we can get less for Kevin Durant because then the Nets may feel pressure to trade KD and just really get rid of them all together. And another reason for that as well is because Joe Sy actually on Monday evening issued a public response on Twitter in response to KD's ultimatum. Sy uh, wrote, quote, our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, so basically, Joe Sy, based off of that, is simply saying that he is he wants to keep both Sean Marks and Steve Nash. Um, but going back to my first point about why KD played himself, yeah, the, the Nets now probably know that uh, KD's value on the market is going to go down because teams are going to assume that the Nets are just going to find every which way possible to get rid of them. And I know for a fact that basically the Nets are going to just not do that. I mean, and this is based off of what we've seen over the offseason since KD requested to be traded back in June or demanded to be traded, whichever one you want, whichever term you want to use, basically. Uh, but it, it's it's a you put you put the Nets in an even easier position of just saying, well, again, KD, we will trade you if we get a really good offer that is of value up to what you're worth. But if we don't, we're not trading you because, again. This is the first year of that four-year contract extension that KD signed last summer, and it's an, it has no no-trade clause. So KD can't tell the Nets where to specifically trade him to and try to get a deal done. The Nets can wait as long as they want to. And I think part of, part of it you're going to see is the Nets are going to dare KD to basically go, are you really going to sit out at your age, knowing that you don't have that many years left in the league at a high level and you want to still try to win more championships and, and continue to cement your legacy on the court? Um, are you going to sit out? Are you honestly going to sit out and not be a part of this? And you look at what the Nets have done, some of the moves they've made. You know, they brought they brought in, you know, TJ Warren. They got Royce O'Neal in a trade. They brought back Patty Mills. Joe Harris is going to come back. You are going to hopefully have a healthy Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving, who's basically committed to this one year with the Nets. You know, are you really going to just leave that all beside and just sit out? I mean, is that really what they're going to do? And we know KD enough to know that he cares about one thing and one thing only, playing basketball. And I feel like it would really, really bug Katie if he really tried to sit out and not play when he's fully healthy and has no reason other than he wants to get out. Um, I would more likely see Katie just decide, okay, well, if I get traded, I get traded. But until then, I'm going to put my full effort into this team and put full for you know, put full effort into myself playing at the highest level I possibly can play at. So that's, again, kind of all going back to my first point about KD playing himself is that now he's given, he was trying to get more power back from Joe Sy, but Joe Sy just is keeping the power and control here of saying like, well, again, we're, we'll trade you if we get a really good offer, but we're not just going to simply trade you just to get rid of you. And we're not getting rid of Steve Nash and Sean Marks. Now, I am a big proponent of getting rid of Steve Nash because he's just not a, he's just not a coach. He just isn't. I know he's gotten better, but not that much better. This team needs a leader. This team doesn't have a leader. The main leader, in my opinion, is Sean Marks. But unfortunately, because he has to 
basically do whatever Katie and Kyrie want him to do because he has to please the superstars because that's how the league worked, which I think is absolutely stupid, but that's just my opinion. I know it's not a popular one. Um, it, 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 you know, Sean Marks is a leader, but he just has very little control because of just the situation that I just pointed out. But you're asking the Nets to fire the GM and coach in mid-August. There is not enough time for the Nets to do both of those things, conduct a search of the next GM and coach, and have enough time for everybody to get going here and go into next season ready to go. And yes, like I know it's August and, and training camp's not for another month and change or whatever, but at the same time, you're putting the Nets in a very difficult spot where it's unreasonable. And that's where I believe more that Katie at this point actually sounds like he'd rather just be traded, that he doesn't really have interest in coming back to the Nets. But then, and the Nets have made it firm that, sorry, it's just not going to happen. And the other thing that's super ironic is that KD was the biggest supporter of Steve Nash becoming the head coach because Steve Nash and KD worked together when both of them were members of the Golden State Warriors, when KD was playing for them and uh, Steve Nash was a consultant of some sort. And they worked together in the gym a lot. And when Kyrie Irving was talking about, oh, we don't need a coach and this, that, and the other thing, KD was on board with that and said, I got the perfect guy that'll allow us to play the way that we want to play and give us more and more control. And that's when they got uh, Steve Nash. And that's the way that I look at it. And Steve Nash, I feel bad for him because he's he comes in with no coaching. He came in with no coaching experience with a team trying to win a championship. And... You know, he's made a lot of mistakes, doesn't know when to call timeouts at the right time. His lineups are very questionable. And you do wonder at times how much control does he really have and how much of it is Katie and Kyrie telling him what to do. Remember, one of the biggest reasons that Kenny Atkinson got fired when he was the coach was mainly because Kenny Atkinson wanted to start Jared Allen because you knew he was an up-and-coming star center in the league. But Katie and Kyrie are boys with DeAndre Jordan and wanted him to start over Jared Allen. Although DeAndre Jordan was beyond, was was washed at that time, and he still is. So there was that whole power dynamic and the whole problem with the whole situation. And that's, to me, like the most ridiculous thing about this is that Katie's ultimatum doesn't really help his cause. It, it doesn't move anything. And Katie's reportedly frustrated that the market went so quiet for weeks, you know, in July, because quite frankly, nobody was going to give up everything that they had built for to get a star. None of the teams out there, not a single one of them. Every team called the Nets about KD, but everybody had differing interests and differing, um, you know, th it was more of a decision of, well, how far are we willing to push this? I mean, how much are we really willing to give up? to get Kevin Durant and you're not getting Kevin Durant for a year or two. You're getting Kevin Durant for four years starting this year with a no, no trade clause. So you have all the power. So Katie put himself in this very bad situation by assuming last summer that Kyrie and James Harden would follow suit right after and sign extensions. That was the plan. And neither one of them did. And that's kind of the, and that's the bad thing about this in this situation. 
Now to kind of wrap up this main point here, Sharania also mentioned that the Celtics, Miami Heat, and Toronto Raptors are currently the most significant candidates to acquire KD. We know that KD wants particularly, you know, his most desirable team is the Phoenix Suns. But now that, um, you know, uh, what's his name? I'm just, I'm blanking on it right now. But the, the center for the, um, for the Phoenix Suns, now that he's, you know, back in the fold with a long-term deal, it just makes it very unrealistic that um, a deal can be made. So there's kind of DeAndre Ayton. Thank you. DeAndre Ayton, I thank myself for remembering that. DeAndre Ayton is in that situation. So, I mean, look, at the end of the day, um, the Suns are pretty much out of it. Uh, the Celtics, they've they've been rumored to offer Jalen Brown in a deal. Um Potentially also Marcus Smart, the reigning defensive player of the year, although Katie says he wants to play with Marcus Smart. So I don't know how that would work. The Miami Heat, they don't usually make trades like this when they get top quality players like they got LeBron and Chris Bosh. You know, back in the day, they got him through free agency because they built a really good culture. They've had a tremendous culture, and a lot of it takes a lot of credit goes to Pat Riley for building that tremendous culture of guys wanting to be there. Jimmy Butler, you know, would he still be the top dog if KD came over? I don't know. Would would um, Jimmy Butler and KD work well together? I don't know. Toronto is a very interesting team because we know that Masai Ujiri is known to give up you know, beloved players to get a, a star player to help win a championship. He did that by trading DeMar DeRozan to San Antonio for Kawhi Leonard. And what happened? A, mu- a year later, they're, they're NBA champions. And this would be different because you'd be getting KD for several years. Now, we know that any deal, and the Nets have made it clear, any deal that they make with Toronto has to involve Scotty Barnes, the reigning rookie of the year. And the Raptors are not interested. They will make a deal, but for anybody but um, Scotty Barnes. Uh, And I know that somebody put out a deal months ago, like maybe a month and change ago, uh, about the potential of if you can get the Lakers and Jazz involved in a four-team deal. This was when, you know, really seemed like Kyrie was just wanting to go to the Lakers and that was going to happen, that the Nets could come – the Nets could come away with getting a package that includes Scotty Barnes and a disgruntled Donovan Mitchell with a bunch of other players and draft picks. And this would involve all four teams. And I looked at that and said, that's the best case scenario right there to get a hole that, you know, is mainly focused on Scotty Barnes, and Donovan Mitchell, two young talented players that one's a superstar with a bunch of other talented role players like Chris Boucher as well. um, an OG and an OB and then a bunch of draft picks you're putting yourself in a position where you're still a very good quality playoff team and you also have assets to to draft players and the Nets have done a really good job of drafting and developing based off of what um, Sean Marks did in the first rebuild, you know, when he first came to the Nets. You know, it, it would be a very good situation. The chances of that now, I think, are much slimmer, but you never know. It could resurface. It could resurface. Um, but there is one team that has now come into the conversation it's a team that the nets have uh, been involved with in trades um during the season last year when the nets traded Harden to this team and that is the philadelphia organ philadelphia 76ers um it has been reported that kd sees the 76ers as a really really good destination for him and people within the 76ers organization have pushed to acquire kevin durant and it would be very frustrating 
to trade KD and James Harden at separate times to the 76ers who are in our division, in our conference. And, um, you know, to, to have to, to do that would be very frustrating. Um, and it would show that, you know, there really was never any gripe between KD and James Harden that had a lot to do with James Harden and Kyrie Irving. And it would be a pretty snake move in itself if KD ended up pushing to go to the 76ers. Um, and the deal would have to be massive. I think the 76ers would be willing to do that. Um, I don't know how willing the Nets would be to once again go to the table with that. But if you have uh, if you have a three-headed monster of KD, James Harden, and Joel Embiid, that to me is my favorite to win the NBA title, quite frankly. I mean, just to put it, Simple as that. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that ends up being the situation. But the bottom line with this, because I feel like I'm kind of rambling on here, the bottom line is simply this. Katie is still reiterating that he wants to be traded and or, well, not and or, or that bo- that the Nets fired uh, Joe Sy and Sean Marks. Sean Marks has no reason to be fired. I don't know why people are getting on him so much when you know he's the reason that Katie and Kyrie wanted to come to Brooklyn back in 2019. And while he's lost a bunch of power because of the fact that, you know, it's a player's league and things like that, he lost power because it's a player's league. That's what we're trying to say here. And all he's done is done with Katie and Kyrie have to do and it hasn't worked. So I don't know what you wanted Sean Marks to do with regards to anything, it's it's mind-boggling to me that you want to do that. Firing Steve Nash, I'm totally on board with, but I would have been on board with it two months ago or right after the season. That's when I was pushing for it. Now, there's no point. Now, you might as well just keep them for this year and go from there. I mean, I don't really know what else we can do in the situation. So the bottom line is this, Kevin Durant, congratulations. You've once again played yourself. You put yourself in a very weird spot and the nets are not going to budge. I'm sorry. They're not going to budge and you're going to have to make a choice very soon. Are you going to be committed to this team and going for a championship with Kyrie back in the fold and everybody ready to go? Or are you going to be continuously immature for somebody who's in their early thirties continue to be immature and just do whatever you want to do and actually sit out. We'll see the balls in your court. Now the balls in your court, unless the nets get a blow away deal, which doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon, but just wanted to bring up that main point and uh, give my opinion on it. So the second thing uh, revolves around Mr. Kyrie Irving. Actually the next two topics revolve around Kyrie Irving. So let's kind of get into this. So the first one is about Kyrie Irving reportedly having no riff uh, with both Sean Marks and Steve Nash. Mark W. Sanchez and Josh Kosman of the New York Post reported this past week that the Brooklyn Nets guard Irving supposedly, quote unquote, hates head coach Steve Nash and GM Sean Marks. And in a little bit of the article, it reads, Irving feels that Nash is terrible and Marks is bad. The report quoted an anonymous source close to its organization as saying, soon after that report came out, Irving's camp disputed the claims made in it. Quote, I am not sure where this narrative is coming from, but Kyrie does not hate Steve nor Sean. Irving's agent and stepmother, Shatilia Riley Irving, told the New York Post. That's not a part of his being nor how he represents himself in the world. He's about peace, love, and acceptance. So, I mean... 
you know, we can only go off of, you know, just based off of that to say that I, we really don't know where the, you know, if there's discontent or not with Kyrie Irving. We don't usually know what's going on with Kyrie Irving, period. Um, I will tell you this, the next segment in just a couple of seconds that we'll talk about um, kind of brings up some really interesting points and kind of just shows again what Kyrie Irving's all about at this point of his time in the NBA and just playing basketball in general. But I mean, if there, if the report was true, then okay, this goes this goes in conjunction with KD said about wanting Sean Marks and Steve Nash to be fired, but it really is ridiculous that they wanted Steve. Both of them really wanted Steve Nash, that coach, and now they both hate him and don't want him on the team anymore. And you want Sean Marks to be fired, who has literally done everything you've asked them to, and it hasn't worked. I really don't know what is going on here. None of this makes sense. A lot of it seems counterintuitive. Some of it seems ironic. It, it just mind-boggling. It just adds another chapter to the ridiculousness of this entire era with Katie and Kyrie in Brooklyn. So I, I don't know, man. It, it just doesn't make sense. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You could throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and much more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our promo code THPN to make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions reply. See show notes for details. Now, going on to the third topic, this is the one that really is like hilarious and shows you again that Kyrie definitely doesn't uh, look at basketball as that important anymore. Because uh, this kid, this article was from um, Yard Barker, and it was interesting. Kyrie Irving allegedly wanted his new contract to guarantee he wouldn't have to play more than 60 games per season and to not play back-to-back games. NBA insider Rick Boucher was hosting his On the Ball podcast and revealed some er very interesting points of conflict between Kyrie Irving and Joe Tsai during Kyrie Irving's extension talks. This goes back to early in the offseason. Kyrie wanted it written into his contract that he won't have to play more than 60 games a season and would be allowed to sit out of inhumane back-to-back matchups. So Kyrie Irving wants to have a situation where he plays, he plays, he doesn't play in 20 plus games a season and doesn't play in back-to-backs. Even if the Nets are in a situation where they need to win back-to-back games and get themselves going. And I know this also kind of goes off of the, you know, taking time off that NBA stars are doing nowadays, load management as they call it, whatever you want to call it. But this is absolutely absurd. And now you understand more why Joe Sy and the Nets were not willing to make a contract extension the way that they did. And I'm sure that they were very firm and said, this is unreasonable. 
And you know this. You want all of this for the fact that you have barely been here and you're not committed. We are talking about you being committed to winning. This is why we're here. This is why, you know, we wanted to bring you guys in. This is why we've done all the things that we've done and, and hampered, you know, our young talent and stuff like that because we want to win. And now they want all this stupid nonsense. Uh, the article would go on to read, quote, Josiah has already shown he's willing to play hardball with Kyrie by taking a max, max extension off the table almost immediately. Now, part of that may be Kyrie's doing. I'm told he wanted his new contract to guarantee he wouldn't have to play more than 60 games in a season and would not have to play any back-to-backs, which he apparently referred to as inhumane. Once again, Kyrie, you know what your job is. This is the part of your job. This is the job description. And you're acting like that all of this is inhumane? I don't know a single other athlete that would look at that as inhumane. Playing back, it's not like you're doing it every single time. It's happening every now and then. You might play a game and then you might be off for three or four days and then play back to back. How is exactly that inhumane at all? Like, what does he define as inhumane? It makes no sense to me. I mean, this is another, again, let's add another chapter to the stupidness of this entire situation. It's just, all of us just want, as like Nets fans, right? What do we want? We want the Nets to win a championship, right? Like that's, like the Nets have been snake bitten for so much of their existence in the NBA. And we thought back in 2019 that this was finally the time that the Nets would be in contention to win a title. And instead, we get knocked out in game seven of the second round two years ago. And last year, we get we get swept by Boston in the first round after barely making the playoffs. And we've gotten rid of all the, the young core that we had. We traded away James Harden. We fired a head coach. It's just been a disaster. And Kyrie and KD are just adding on to it by being so unreasonable with their demands. It's like, where does logic come into this at all? And then the reality is that there is no logic to this. And so now you understand more why Josiah immediately took away that, that max extension and said, to hell with you then. We're not going to offer you anything until you prove to us that you want to be here and that you're reasonable about it. I mean, this is ridiculous. And this is where I remember Stephen A. Smith several times on e on ESPN first take brought up that the next time that the NBA and NBA Players Association comes to a meeting to discuss the next CBA, that the NBA is going to demand very hard and be very very firm about not having to pay players who just decide to leave and go off and do something else without any legitimate reason, and that's going to be called the Kyrie Irving rule, because the Nets have have wasted a lot of money on somebody who just decides that he doesn't feel like playing. And I understand that things are bigger than basketball, bigger than sports. Totally understand. But after a while, it's you have a job to do. You're getting paid 30 plus million dollars a year and you're just sitting around. A lot of people in this world don't have the luxury to do so. A lot of people, despite how they feel about everything, still go to work every day and get paid very, very little. And you're going around just choosing not to play because you, because for most of the time, you just don't want to play. 
And at that point, it's like, if you don't want to play, then just retire then. But that's where he doesn't want to retire because of the amount of money he's making. You know, you start to see the, the pieces falling together very much so. And so Kyrie Irving, it's been reported that he wants to be a net for the rest of his life, this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, well, you got to prove that you are willing to make this work and that you're committed to playing more than 60 games and playing back to back. If you're not playing because you're hurt, okay, we'll give you, you know, I get that. But if you're just going to go off for no reason, be, for you know, because you're bothered by something, right, that even could be kind of ridiculous, how can anybody trust you? How can Katie trust you? How can the Nets trust you? How can anybody trust you? How can any of the team trust you if you go somewhere else? How? just doesn't make sense to me so this whole this whole report you know again if it is legitimately true Josiah has every reason to not give Kyrie that contract he has has every reason not to anyway based off of what Kyrie's done so you know could things change I'd like to hope that they can because all I all I want is this team to be fully healthy and committed to winning a title but if this is how it's going to be with these two as I've said before, I would rather the Nets just get rid of them both, get as much assets as you can, and restart a rebuild again. And I have faith in Sean Marks that he could do it again because he would have more assets than he did the first time around. When he first came to the Nets, the only asset he had was Brooke Lopez. And then he had to you know, make very creative way deals in the way where he rebuilt the team in the most unique way it's ever been done in NBA history. And if you mean to tell me that the Nets could have some first-round picks come back to them with some maybe young players as well and things like that, you're giving Sean Marks more of a head start on this than the last time. And I have faith in Sean Marks. I have a lot of faith in Sean Marks. And I feel bad that he's had to subject himself to this with the idea of just he wants to win. But Katie and Kyrie are just not going to be on board. Then I'd say get rid of them. I'd say push hard for the best deal you can. And just move on because I'd rather have players on this team that are committed to wanting to be here and are legit and are honest about wanting to be here and win than for superstars to just demand everything and then play when they feel like it or, you know, you know, push for somebody to come here and then immediately want them fired and blame everything on, on the front office when it really wasn't their fault. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm going to wrap up our first ever episode of the Bridge Nets podcast with the the last topic, and that involves Ben Simmons. Um, and this isn't this honestly this like report supposedly doesn't come out as that surprising, but it really isn't honestly true based off of all the information we have. Uh, the title of it is Ben Simmons' response to report that he left the Nets group chat during the playoffs text group chat. There were reports at the time that Simmons might come back during the playoff series against the Celtics, but it didn't happen yet. And the Nets got swept. Rick Boucher, who we just mentioned, then came out with a damning story last week that Simmons left the Nets group chat when his teammates asked if he was available for game four. It was a wild story, but Sham Sharania made it clear that it never happened. And Simmons also decided to come out and classify it as fake news as he responded on an NBA Buzz's Instagram post. Um, yeah, and, and basically, Ben Simmons says, you guys are wild. Like, this is ridiculous that you guys are really, really, you know, going after him like that. The fact that Boucher 
so confidently came out and said it on national television made you wonder if this actually could have happened. But it's clear someone just made it up. It was good on Simmons' part to come out and clear his name as it's been dragged through the mud enough at this point. It doesn't look like there's any issue between him and KD either, as Boucher seemed to indicate, with the two being spotted together in Los Angeles recently. So I think this is one of those times where the media just wants to continue to crap on someone like Ben Simmons. I understand it based off of things that have happened, but this was a situation where it was just blatantly not true and that there is no discontent between Ben Simmons and KD and, and the Nets. At the end of the day, the Nets just want him to be fully healthy, both physically and mentally, and be ready to go. And the expectation is that he will be ready to go when the season starts. Whether or not KD, Kyrie, or one of them um, is there remains to be seen. But it's just good on Ben Simmons and good on Shim Shereni as well to come out and clarify that this was complete BS and that it just simply was not true. So obviously, guys, there's been a lot to talk about over this past week involving our top three guys on our roster. Um, and all we could do right now is just try to get through the offseason as best as we can and um, just kind of go from there. So fingers crossed that uh, some solutions can be made and uh, we can eventually get closer and closer to training camp with a better idea as to where this team is going for not just now, but for the future as well.